Good morning, I'm Pastor Dan from Life Church St. Louis. Well, today we're continuing in our message series, Live Out God's Purpose. And in this series, we're studying the book of Ephesians to better understand God's purpose for our lives and for the church. Now, how might we summarize God's purpose for our lives? We're going to be learning that God's primary purpose for our lives is spiritual growth. God's main purpose for his church is spiritual growth. Now, there are many aspects of spiritual growth, but let's turn to the book of Ephesians to help us better understand. Ephesians 4 verse 5 says, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. And so this verse expresses what God's purpose is for us on the personal level. We are to grow up in every way into Christ. In other words, we are to spiritually grow to become more and more like Jesus. The more we become like Jesus, the more we're going to think like him, talk like him, act like him, and live like him. The more we become like Jesus, the more we're going to pray like Jesus, the more we're going to love like Jesus. And we're going to sin less and less as Jesus didn't sin at all. The more like Jesus we become, we're going to see more people saved through our lives, more people healed, more people set free. I, and I'm sure you do as well, want to become more and more like Jesus. And what about the church? Well, Ephesians 4.16 says, From whom, that is Christ, the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. The church is called here the body of Christ. The church is made up of individual believers called parts of the body. And when each believer in the church is working properly, that is, growing up into Christ, then the whole body is growing as well. And so we might summarize both spiritual growth for an individual believer or for the church as building itself up in love. As believers, we are each part of the local church here at Life Church. In order to grow spiritually, a believer needs to be connected to a local church. Why? Well, there are two main reasons to be connected to the local church. The first is that you can receive from God in a local church through a way that you can't on your own. God has purposefully set things up so that a person cannot properly grow spiritually on their own outside of a church. In a church, you receive encouragement, teaching, prayer, fellowship, help, and many other things. But simply receiving from the church and other believers is not the main reason to grow in a church. The second reason is to be connected to a local church is to have opportunities to give and to minister to others within the church. The more that you learn to give, the more you will receive. Now, which is more important, receiving or giving? Most people would say receiving. But what does Jesus say? In Acts 20, verse 35, Paul quotes Jesus. He says, remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so spiritual growth comes as we put what we have received into practice through giving. And so today we're going to learn how to grow spiritually in power and love. And we're going to learn to give 
by helping others grow as well. So let's get started and learn to pray for God's revelation. Ephesians 1 verse 16 says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. And so Paul is writing out his prayer for the church at Ephesus and the believers there. And we can learn how to pray, both for ourselves and for others from this prayer. We are to give thanks for other believers that are in our circle of fellowship. And then Paul makes a profound request. He asks God to, to give these believers the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. The spirit in this verse is, of course, the Holy Spirit. It is the work of the Holy Spirit to reveal to us a deepening knowledge of Jesus. And so what this prayer is about is not just knowing more about what the Bible says about Jesus. Paul is praying that these believers would grow in knowing Jesus personally through prayer. You see, prayer is, is two-way communication. It's not simply talking to God and asking him for things. It's also listening to him, conversing with him, building a relationship with God, knowing Jesus personally. Next, Paul prays in, the, in verse 18, says, Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, but are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And so the eyes of our hearts are our spiritual eyes that need to be opened. The Bible speaks of Satan blinding the eyes of people to the truth of Jesus. The eyes of people, the spiritual eyes of people, have to be open to the gospel in order for them to be saved. And yet, even for believers, we, we still do not see everything clearly. We need the Spirit to open our eyes to better see the hope that God has called us to. God himself has an inheritance in the saints. That's you and me. That's believers. And when we better understand the great value of believers that Jesus has died for, we're going to better appreciate the value of, of Jesus' church. The three things that God desires for us to grow in are faith, hope, and love. And so God desires for us to always have hope in his plan and his purpose. Prayer is continued in verse 19 and says, And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might? And so how can we have hope in a world that seems to be turning its back on God? A world that persecutes Christians and runs towards ever more perverse sin. We can have hope because God's power is so great it cannot be measured. No power in the world is any match for God's power. And where is God's power directed? It's directed towards believers. The passage goes on to say that the power of God towards us is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And that mighty power of God is therefore available to each and every believer. We must pray for God's revelation. Now, let's think about Paul's prayer as an example prayer for us. What is different about Paul's prayer from the way 
that we usually pray. If you're like me, many of our prayers are asking God for physical or temporal things, both for ourselves and for others. We often pray for God's help with our health, with our finances, our relationships, and so on. Now, there's nothing wrong with those kinds of prayers, and we should pray for those things. And yet, that's not the type of prayer that Paul is praying here. Perhaps we should include in our prayer life prayers for our own and others' spiritual growth. Maybe if we were growing spiritually in a greater dimension, perhaps we wouldn't have some of the other things that we are praying for. This prayer of Paul's is included in the Bible, so it's certainly a good, effective, spiritual, anointed prayer. And so let's pray for ourselves and others that God would send his spirit to give us a revelation of Jesus, of the hope that he has for us, and of the awesome power that God directs towards us as believers. And those are the kind of prayers that will lead to spiritual growth in ourselves and in others. Secondly, we need to realize the power of the church. I'm going to jump over to chapter 3 of Ephesians, where Paul writes about the purpose that God called him to. He writes in verse 9, he says his purpose was to, to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. So after Jesus ascended into heaven and poured out the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, the church was born. The understanding of the church as including believers of every tribe, every nation, every tongue, is really only hinted at in the Old Testament times. But through the writings of Paul and other apostles, God's plan and purpose for his church was now being made known. Paul continues in verse 10 and says, So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. The church is not a man-made institution. The church is God's invention. It's God's creation. And this verse tells us that the purpose of the church is so that God's great wisdom might be made known to spiritual rulers and authorities. The book of Ephesians makes it clear that there are both good and evil spiritual rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. There are angels and there are fallen angels or demons that are in continual warfare in heavenly places. And the church is God's showpiece of people saved from Satan's grasp by the blood of Jesus. Believers are trophies of God's grace, and he's proud of them as they gather together to worship him around the world in their local churches. Verse 11, Paul writes, This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. And so God's purpose for each one of us, God's purpose for his church is an eternal purpose, a purpose in place before the foundation of the world. And that purpose could only be fulfilled through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And what has God's purpose for the church accomplished? Well, now we as members of Jesus' church we now can boldly have access to God through prayer. 
We can have a confidence that when we pray according to God's will, he hears us and will answer us. In fact, when we pray in agreement with other believers, there's even greater power in our prayers. That is another indication of the power that God has given to his church. God desires for us to understand, to realize, to walk in the power of the church. Now, how many of us know that there is no perfect church? And the reason is that even as believers, none of us is perfect and sinless like Jesus. We're all on a journey. And we all have a ways to go in our spiritual growth of becoming like Christ. It's a lifelong process. And yet the Bible speaks of the church as the bride of Christ whom he died for. Some people point out the flaws in, in churches and want nothing to do with them. And yet the Bible teaches us that every believer needs to be part of a Bible-believing, spirit-filled church. That is the place where God's power will protect and help you to grow. The very imperfections of other people are the catalyst for each one of us growing in love for one another. Many people search for a church where there are a lot of people just like them. Just like them in age, perhaps, in appearance, or some other way. But that is not the kind of church anyone should be looking for. A biblical church is a church where God's word is accurately taught, where the spirit is moving in power, and where a diverse group of believers are learning to love one another despite their differences. The power of a church is not measured by how many people attend, but by the spiritual growth of those following Jesus there. Not only should we realize the power of the church, Paul now prays that we may know the love of Christ. Verse 16, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Now we talked about the power in the church, but now the topic turns to each believer being strengthened with power. And what does that mean? Well, what's the opposite of being strengthened with power? Well, it's being weak. And when we are weak spiritually, we are sitting ducks for the enemy to attack. We need to be strengthened with God's power. And how does that happen? Well, power comes to believers through the work of the Holy Spirit within us. And so Paul is praying for the believers in Ephesus that the Holy Spirit would strengthen them with power. Power to withstand temptation. Power to be bold in witnessing. Power to serve others in love. Power in prayer. And as we're strengthened, as we're strengthened in power, what happens? Well, verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. And so first of all, through faith, Jesus lives in our hearts. You might ask, well, doesn't Jesus live in every believer's heart? The answer is yes. But in all of us, there are secret places of sin in our hearts, places where Jesus doesn't dwell. As we spiritually grow, we turn over more and more of our hearts and make room for Jesus there. If Jesus had complete control in every corner of our hearts, we would never sin. And I'm not there yet. And neither is anyone else. And so we continue to surrender our lives and hearts to him as we grow spiritually. And the more that Jesus controls our hearts, the more we will be rooted and grounded in his love. 
Verse 18, he prays that we may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And so the final revelation that Paul is praying for is that, that we as believers may have a revelation and know the love of Jesus Christ. The love of Jesus for each one of us is so great that we're going to be forever in eternity learning more and more about it. And the more that we comprehend Jesus' love for us, the more we will live and dwell in that love. And as we live in God's love, we are being filled with the fullness of God. We are spiritually growing, becoming more and more like Jesus. You see, the Bible tells us God is love. And the more we comprehend his love, the more we know him. Now, what happens as we grow in knowing the love of Christ for us? First of all, we begin to see ourselves as Jesus does, as someone that he loved so much that he died for. And when we have a revelation of God's love for us, there's no place for fear or worry. God's word tells us that perfect love casts out fear. God desires for us to pray for ourselves, that we would know the love of Christ in a greater measure. And as we comprehend in greater measure God's incredible love, as we embrace his love, it enables us to love those around us as God does. Rather than viewing the sinner as disgusting, we'll view them with God's love. God's love will motivate us to reach out to the lost and the suffering. Not only should we pray for ourselves to know God's love, we should also pray for others to know God's love. We can pray for sinners to begin to see God's love which will draw them to Jesus. We can pray for other believers to experience God's love in a fuller dimension. And as God answers our prayers, the end result is that we will grow spiritually. We'll become more like Jesus. I'd like us to watch a short video of the last two verses in the passage in Ephesians that we're studying this morning. Let's watch. Ephesians. Chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, a benediction. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Isn't that a wonderful conclusion to what God has been showing us this morning? God is able to do far more than we can even ask or think. As we pray for more of God's revelation, more of his power, more of his love, God will answer our prayers 
in a deeper dimension than we've even prayed for. God knows what we need more than we do ourselves. And how is he able to do more than we ask or think? Because of the power of the Holy Spirit working within us. The power of the Spirit is working in our individual lives and in our church. And so let's give God the glory for what he has done and what he's going to do in us through his power and his love. Now, this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to repent and become a follower of Jesus. If you've never committed your life to him, I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray with me and to be born again. To do that, there are three simple steps. First of all, admit that you've sinned. Turn away from that sin and repent. Secondly, believe that Jesus died to forgive you and rose from the dead. Finally, commit your life, see, to following Jesus as your Lord. So let's pray together. Father, today I admit that I've sinned. I've done wrong things. I've been following my plan for my life, not yours. And I repent. I turn away from that sin. I believe that Jesus died on the cross, that my sins might be forgiven. Please forgive me. Come into my life. I believe you rose from the dead. You're alive today. And I commit myself to following you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for coming into my life and saving me. And for those of us that are believers, let's pray as well. Father, today we pray for a revelation, a revelation from you of more of Jesus, that we might know him better, that we might grow spiritually to become more and more like him. We ask that you would help us to realize your power working in your church, the importance of the local church, the importance of being part of the body of Christ, a place where we can both receive from you and give back both to you and worship and to uh, those around us within the church. That we want to know the love of Christ in a greater dimension. We want to understand how much he loves us, how much he loves other people. We want to experience your love and we want to give and show your love to those around us. We pray that you'd help us to comprehend the vastness of your love. We pray that you would enable us not only to understand and comprehend, but to share your power and your love to those around us in a world that so desperately needs it. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've made a commitment to Jesus Christ or would like more information, I'd encourage you to connect with us via the link below this video. I will pray for you and help you, uh, give you some helpful materials. You can find out more information on our website, uh, lifechurchstlouis.org. Our Sunday morning services are open at 10 a.m. at our location at 15036 Clayton Road in Chesterfield. You're invited to attend if you live in the St. Louis area. Online donations to help us reach more people for Jesus are available at give.lcstl.org. And next Sunday, we're going to continue our message series, Live Out God's Purpose with the Message, Transformed by Grace. And so I invite you to join us then. God bless and have a great week.